Jackson Dale. It's Jerry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's On The List. I'm your host, Jerry Hartman. And today's episode is going to be a quick little solo dolo episode. Sammy's in the midst of finals, and he's quite busy right now, and he's unable to join us. So apologies to the Sammy fans, but it's just me today. And I'm just going to ramble a little bit. This isn't really going to be a structured double feature or anything the way most episodes are. I'm just going to talk about Ari Aster one of A24's golden boys. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to talk about his three features. I've seen some of his shorts, but we're not really going to dive into that. Um, But yeah, I'm going to talk about his movies, and I'm going to just sort of talk about his place in the film world and sort of the reactions to his films and just the culture around it all, because I, I find it quite interesting. So he came onto the scene with Hereditary, which was a big festival hit at the time, had a lot of buzz prior to its wide release. And uh, it was a pretty big hit. Not even pretty big. It was a big hit as far as, you know, sort of lower-budget horror movies go. Uh, made made quite a splash in the, the horror zeitgeist. Uh, stars Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolfe. Follows a family where uh, Tony Collette's grandmother has just died. And, uh, I mean, everybody's seen it. I'm just going to spoil all of these. But, um... Shit's weird from the get-go. Lot, lot weird people at the grandma's funeral. F- family's very tense. Clearly, the relationships aren't going very well. And then their uh, daughter, Charlie, who weird-ass kid, clearly just either disturbed or like about to be possessed by one of the princes of hell or whatever. Uh, she has an allergic reaction <laughs> at a high school party. And then Alex Wolf, while stoned, is driving her home. She sticks her head out the window and gets fucking decapitated by the telephone pole. It's a very famous scene. Every, everybody knows about it by now. But, um, yeah, I, I can't really emphasize enough how, at least for me, how totally shocking that was when I first saw it. I, I was really into this movie when it came out. I saw it a couple times in theaters. I made all my friends watch the Blu-ray. It, it was a thing for me. And I was a big horror guy. I still am a big horror guy. But, um... Yeah, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people would disagree with me about this. I think it's aged quite fine. I, I watched it semi-recently again, and honestly, I, I was I was like scared to, because you know it's it's been five years since it came out, and in that time, my own palette has expanded both in terms of films in general and horror movies specifically, but also the the backlash kicked in pretty quick with Ari Aster and. You know, he, he's a very successful, acclaimed director. I don't want to act like he's some underdog here just because people I follow on Letterboxd hate his movies because he's obviously doing quite well for himself. And people generally like his movies a lot, as far as I've gathered. But within, like, certain cinephile circles and, like, amongst certain friend groups and things like that, there's, like, real disdain and animosity for him and his films, which... I've always found a little bit weird, and I mean, it feels silly to even kind of focus on that because it's like, what does that have to do with the movie? Just talk about the movie. But I'm going to talk about all of it because I find it interesting. So I feel like the main thing that I hear about Ari Aster is that his style, like his form, is rigorous to a fault, 
I hear the word rigid a lot, which I don't even disagree with. I mean, it's extremely like tight and specific. You know, all these compositions, every camera movement is extremely precise. There's no, it's, it's not free flowing in its form whatsoever, which I, I think, I mean, how else do you do this movie? I mean, because the, the whole movie is like this, this, you know, lambs to the slaughter march. Like the whole point is that it's all inevitable. There's no escape. So I think it being rigid in its style makes a lot of sense because it amplifies that sense of entrapment. And so, I don't know, like I, I hear, and just, okay, d- dis- disclaimer, there are a lot of, you know, very smart people who's, whose writing I like a lot who aren't Ari Aster fans, and I, I'm going to be generalizing a lot in this conversation. So, yeah, I, I'm aware that a lot of what I'm about to say is very general and doesn't apply to everybody's takes, specifically to people who don't like Ari Aster, who probably have, you know, some very valid reasons. So, but I, I guess what I'm getting at here is that, like, what, did you want this to be shot like it was a John Cassavetes domestic drama? I just don't really get it because I hear, what you know, the one perfect shot-ism of it all, like frames that are made to be screenshotted and posted on Twitter, which... Like, sure, I guess. I don't know. I've just never really understood why this movie is treated like a like a wannabe art movie. Because I, I think it just kind of rips as like a standard horror movie. And, and I mean pretty standard. Like, I mean, I, I think it's pretty exceptionally effective in terms of it being, you know, really upsetting and gross and disturbing and very misanthropic. That's something we'll get into. All of his movies are extremely misanthropic. But... Yeah, with, with Hereditary, with Hereditary, I've, I've just never really understood a lot of those complaints. I honestly, I get them more for his later ones, which we'll get to. But with Hereditary specifically, like, there's a lot of talk about how, oh, every scare is, like, tied to some deeper thematic meaning, which, like, robs the scares of their surface-level power, just in terms of it being a horror movie. Which I really don't get at all, because I think this movie's, like, insanely blunt, almost to a detriment like that's genuinely my only issue with it really is that sometimes I think it's actually a little like too obvious with what it's doing but it's for me at least it it clearly like all all the stuff about trauma and like you know the, the sins of one generation passed down to another like it's not even subtext it's just text so I never really got the complaint that like oh it's it's like a wannabe art movie and the subtext is all too obvious I'm like no like the text is obvious because it's supposed to be a blunt force punch in the gut as a horror movie, which I more or less think it is. So I don't know. I mean, on some level, this is a pretty useless conversation because I'm just being very reactionary and responding to like a tiny vocal minority on like film apps. But anyway, back to what the movie actually is. Um, I feel like one thing that I don't hear talked about enough with Astor's work in general, but specifically this movie is that it's really funny. I mean, I think it's like hilarious. Not the entire time. Obviously, like I said, a lot of it's like very upsetting. It's a really cruel movie. I mean, pretty much everybody in this movie meets a horribly cruel end. And it's, it's just, there's no like upside to anything. But within all of that, there's this weird kind of like cheeky humor to it. And like sometimes silly humor. I mean, the whole last 20 minutes are like, hooting and hollering good time as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I mean, it'd probably be easy to hear me say that and be like, okay, well, that's just because you're like 
you know, you, you, you think it's funny. He like, he wasn't, he wasn't attempting to make it funny. Like it's unintentionally funny, but I really don't think that's the case. And I think his next two movies kind of prove that he's always had a sense of humor about this stuff, which honestly makes it more misanthropic. The fact that he finds this funny makes it even more sick. Yeah. The, the sick and twisted mind of Ari Aster. And, and that's the whole thing is I feel like a lot of the criticisms about Ari Aster that I hear not all of them. Again, a lot of people have written very well about why his movies don't work for them. But I feel like a lot of the backlash to him is just backlash to like cringy teenagers on Twitter who think that, you know, his horror movies are the only horror movies that were ever made. And I get that. Like, yeah, it's annoying. It's cringy. But I mean, I, I, I make a real effort to separate the movie itself from the reaction to the movie. And I feel like with Ari Aster's movies specifically, it's like for some people it's become so trendy to hate on it that they're more hating on people who love his movies and, you know, overrate them a little bit than they are to the actual films themselves, which I, which I think is just kind of unproductive. And I mean, who am I to say that? Because what I'm doing right now is even more unproductive. I'm reacting to the reaction to the reaction. So like, what the fuck am I doing? But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think Hereditary is really scary, really funny, like I said. I mean, the whole Joan character, beyond ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know how you watch her scenes and think that Aster is just 100% playing this with a straight face. Yeah, like, that whole character is is so goofy and over the top in a way that I love. Like, I don't say that as a complaint. Um, in, in terms of my relationship to this movie, I mean, it was, like, my favorite thing ever five years ago when it came out. And I wouldn't say, you know, it, it's not my favorite thing ever now. I have little issues with it. I think there are certain elements of it that are a little too on the nose. I mean, you know, there's a scene early on in like an English classroom where they basically just kind of explain the themes of the movie that you're about to see unfold. But again, as, as I'm talking about it, even that scene, it, as it goes on, like the other students start chiming in. They're like, yeah, it's more tragic because they have no choice. And they're like, why? And they're like, because... So it's like, it's already joking about what the reception to the movie is going to be and this discourse that I'm talking about. So I, I guess I'm, I'm rambling. This is so entirely like not cohesive at all. But what I'm trying to say is that I think Ari Aster is funnier and more self-aware and not trying as hard as everybody thinks he is. And I think Hereditary is definitely his best movie as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I guess we can just jump into Midsummer then. Uh, c came out a year later. It follows Florence Pugh as Danny. Uh, Jack Rayner plays her boyfriend. Will Poulter's in it. Uh, the guy from The Good Place. Uh, anyway, uh, they, they go on a trip to Sweden for the Midsummer Festival. And uh, they're a group of grad students. Florence Pugh, uh, her boyfriend, he's a grad student and his buddies are grad students. And they're going there for like partially kind of research, but also just to like do shrooms and be tourists. And um, yeah, I also think this one's really good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Hereditary. I don't think it's quite as effective as a horror movie, but I think it's even more effective as a comedy. I mean, this movie is basically just a comedy about American tourists being fucking dumbasses in a foreign country. And I think on that level, it's super effective. And much of that comes from Will Poulter, who is absolutely hilarious in this movie, just playing a complete numbskull. He's walking around, you know, these sacred Swedish runes, like vaping, and he like pisses on their ancestral tree at one point, which causes like an uproar. 
were. And it's, it's stuff like that, that that makes me wonder why everyone considers Ari Aster such a self-serious artist. I just don't really get it. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like oftentimes whenever I like disagree with certain elements of discourse or whatever, I can at least kind of understand where everyone's coming from. But I really don't get it with this because this movie's such a fucking like goof fest, which again, isn't to say that there aren't elements of it that are like taking itself very seriously or disturbing or whatever. Like, yeah, that, that, that's all there. I mean, it's a pretty gnarly movie. It's quite violent. Um, but like so much of it's just kind of a sadistic joke about these numbskulls, like, not knowing that they're about to get murdered and not seeing the obvious signs in front of them. And then, of course, there's the whole angle of it being a very perverse breakup movie about the shitty boyfriend who's going to get his comeuppance, which in this case means getting stuffed into a a bear carcass and burned alive, which, you know, I think that's funny. I don't know. Like, it's pretty messed up for sure, but that that's clearly Aster's whole thing as far as I'm concerned, is just, like, twisted, fucked-up little comedies. And and not horror comedies the way that, like, you know, the Evil Dead movies are kind of horror comedies. It's like, there isn't really anything visually zany going on here, which I feel like is why people treat it so seriously. Because, as I said before, like, I think people are right when they describe his style as rigid. But I, I think that's just very conducive to what these narratives are about these lambs to the slaughter, these unassuming people who have no escape, but they're not aware of that. And so the movie tells us, the audience, through this tight form that they're fucked. And then within that, he has fun with it, which makes it all even more sadistic. Like I was saying, like he's such a misanthropic director. And yeah, I I mean, as far as Midsummer goes, I feel like this one has even cringier fans than Hereditary, which is probably partly why it gets even more hate. I mean, I've also read stuff about how people were upset by the depiction of mental illness at the beginning because the movie starts with Florence Pugh's sister committing suicide. And uh, there's, there's like more stuff than that. But people were upset by the depiction of mental illness, which I mean, honestly, like I don't want to discredit anyone's discomfort with that. You know, be uncomfortable about whatever you want to be uncomfortable about. But also like, I mean, really, are we going to spend this much time talking about inaccurate portrayals of mental illness in fucking horror movies? I mean, I mean, every horror movie ever. I mean, Hitchcock, go all the way back to fucking universal horror movies from the 30s, De Palma movies. I don't know, everything. Like, I, I, I feel like, especially within horror movies, like, you got to just let that go. It's not that serious. You just got to let it go. But anyway, um... I I feel like part of why this movie, and again, I keep saying that these movies get hate, which is a little silly because they've all been successful and critically acclaimed. Like when I say that, I mean that like my niche little circles hate them. Again, this is such an unproductive conversation and I'm aware of that, but uh, this is what I chose to talk about and we're already 15 minutes into it. So too late. I'm not going to stop, but I, I feel like especially the whole angle of like, Yes, Queen, like, Slay, I don't know, like, that that whole angle of it in terms of Florence Pugh, you know, doing the pouty face and then smiling as as her boyfriend's getting killed, and, like, people think that's cringe because, you know, like, there will be tweets where it's, like, Ari Aster really, like, made this one for the girlies or whatever, and it's, like, I don't know, I mean, I'm just on a different wavelength with his movies than, like, a lot of my peers are, I guess. I don't know, like, I don't even really have specific things to say like why I think 
that these takes are wrong. I'm just like, I just think it's fun. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that serious. I guess that's what it comes down to is I just, I'm not taking these as seriously as I feel like a lot of people are. And I feel like you're not supposed to take it that seriously. Like parts of it are certainly supposed to be very upsetting. And I think they're effectively upsetting, but in terms of the thematic depth and all of that, it's like, I I don't, I don't think this is the same thing as a lot of, you know, the, the elevated horror type movies. Like, I don't, I don't think it's trying to be so layered. I think it's trying to be funny and scary and just like a good time at the movies. And I I think it's pretty successful at that. But the, the movie ends, of course, with Florence Pugh watching her boyfriend get burned alive. And there's a lot of debate about how like we're supposed to feel about that in terms of like, are we supposed to see this as a good thing that she got like brainwashed by this like cult into like, I don't know, celebrating her friends being killed? Like kind of, I don't know. I'm not even going to get to like how I feel about that because I think that's part of why it's fun is that it's something you can argue about. But um, let's jump to Bo is Afraid, which is his most recent release. And uh, yeah, I don't really know about this one, this, but it's interesting because I wasn't big on it. I didn't hate it. Uh, and not, not to speak for Sammy, but I feel like he and I feel similarly. I might be slightly more positive on it than he is. But um, yeah, th- th- this one definitely has been received the most poorly out of his three features. And I, I got to bring this up. There's this guy, Eric Weber, uh, awards ace. He does this YouTube live stream show, Midnight Movie Talk. And he kind of became a, a Twitter main character a couple weeks ago when Bo is Afraid was coming out because he, <laughs> at his screening, I think it was a press screening at a AMC Burbank, of course, um, he like, there was audio of this that was recorded. He like stood up afterwards and was like ranting. He was like, no, like, don't clap. Like, this is a career killer. Like, this movie fucking sucks. Like, he was like going off. And then he tweeted this thing where he's like, I've never seen a director show like such disregard for their audience, which is like so funny because I'm like, okay, it's not that crazy. Like, yeah, it's obviously weird to people who like only go to blockbusters three times a year. Like, yeah, by that standard, it's of course kind of offbeat, but you know, in terms of like quote unquote art films, like, dude, this is nothing. Like he's, he's so just exposing himself as someone who like hasn't seen anything, but, um, Anyway, like his reaction is indicative of some of the reactions I've been seeing, which is just like total vitriol towards this, where people are like, what a fucking like colossal waste of time. And I mean, I don't even disagree. Like it is kind of a waste of time, but I'm not pissed about it. And that's because it is funny. And I guess to to put my cards on the table, I thought the first 45 minutes of this was fucking great. Like I, I was so ready to continue my streak of defending Ari Aster. Cause I'd seen a lot of the bad reviews. And honestly, when, when this trailer came out, I really thought I was going to hate it because I was like, Oh no, he's doing a Charlie Kaufman movie. God damn it. But then the first 45 minutes when his, when his bow in his apartment and we're seeing this hilariously over the top depiction of his anxieties. And we see this in various forms throughout the movie. It, it's all very attached to his extremely heightened perspective, but in the first 45 minutes, it's him living in this like decrepit apartment in the middle of the city and like the depiction of just chaos on the streets and homeless people walking around eating each other. Like it's, it's so over the top and it's fucking hilarious. Like I thought it was so effective and I was feeling great too because I was like, I've been saying that Ari Aster is funny 
And now he's being really explicit about it. So I'm feeling validated about my views of his previous two movies. And yeah, I mean, honestly, once it gets past the first 45 minutes, we get to the whole chunk with Nathan Lane where he's in suburbia and uh, it kind of goes downhill from there for me. But I, I never was like pissed about it because at the end of the day, it's like it's, it's pretty singular. I mean, he, he's pulling stuff from like Roy Anderson and James L. Brooks in terms of just like, you know, this specific sort of Jewish male neurosis. And then the stylization is very Roy Anderson, which is also why I mean, I've seen all the Charlie Kaufman comparisons. And I, I think that that's like way too easy. Like the, the tone is so different. It, it's similar on a surface level, like the whole forest sequence and the artifice and everything it's like that that's pretty synecdoche in new york but that's like five minutes of the movie but um god what am i even saying i'm, I'm losing myself in this completely aimless ramble but um as the movie goes on i mean honestly the movie that it reminded me of most not really in any style way or even thematically but just kind of in terms of uh, not even the tone i don't know anyway um it reminded me a little bit of funny games in terms of it being a movie that like you can't win with. It's like, if you like it, then you like it. If you don't like it, it's like on you either for not getting the joke or because like the movie won, like both of those movies are made to alienate and like to piss you off. And so if it works, then the movie won. And if you liked it, then you liked it. So it's like, there, there's just no winning with it, which Again, it isn't even something I hate. Like, I'm, I'm fine with, with some trolling, with some, you know, $35 million trolling. I'm not opposed to that at all. But I guess I just don't find it very interesting. And, like, I, I, I was missing the, the rigid nature of his, his first two horror movies, which were so tight and, like, you know, like clockwork, like so preordained and designed, which isn't to say that this one is all that different stylistically like you know it's the same guy this obviously wasn't like just an off-the-cuff movie this was obviously all as carefully planned out as his other two but it has much more of an odyssey feel of a of a picaresque movie and um yeah i don't know it's fine i mean it's yeah like it's about mommy issues and anxiety and it's all very heightened and like i said i thought the first 45 minutes were fantastic i, I saw it with sammy and he leaned over to me partway through and he said, this is like a live action SpongeBob episode, which is like so on point. It's like goofy, absurd surrealism that's played for laughs. And I was having a great time and it was diminishing returns from there. But again, it's not something I'm pissed about. I'm like, well, I didn't love it, but you know, it's certainly, it's certainly a movie, you know, it's a movie that was made by people. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess that's what I got. Um, I like Ari Aster. Uh, Bo's Afraid, even though I was kind of lukewarm about it, didn't wasn't big on it. Um, it didn't really change my opinion of him very much. He's, he's a very senoliterate guy. Um, you can see a lot of different influences in his movies, yet his style does feel very singular to me. Like, I feel like I, I, if, I, if someone showed me random footage, I, I could definitely say, like, yeah, like, Ari Aster shot this. Um, but yeah, he, he's someone, because I feel like you know, he, he went to AFI. He was like a film student. He was film student to film director pipeline. And I feel like a lot of the time with those types, at least in my experience and the experience of many of my peers, like so many film production students don't even watch movies. They're like, yeah, I like making movies, but like they literally haven't seen and like don't want to see anything made before like the year 2000, which is fucking insane, obviously, especially if you supposedly love movies. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but yeah, Ari Aster clearly 
is like well studied and has watched a lot of stuff. And he comes off to me as a very smart guy in uh, his his interviews. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of how to wrap up this little this little 25 minute ramble. Um, yeah, I, I I guess what I would say is um, like what you like, don't like what you don't like. If you don't like Ari Aster, that's cool. Just just don't be so annoying about it. Um, and same goes to you people who love him. And. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's it. God, what, what what a horrible little mini episode. I'm I'm sorry for anyone who made it to the end of this. We'll we'll do better next time, I promise. But uh that's all for now. <laughs> this is Jerry Hartman signing off. Goodbye. Um.